Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We are staying with the conversation when it comes to spending in Washington, D.C. this week. Uh, Many have declared this a make-or-break week for President Biden and his administration, his agenda. And Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi uh, pushed back just ever so slightly the uh, vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was supposed to take place today in Washington. Uh, They pushed that back to Thursday uh, for a a final vote in the House And it leads to a lot of the questions. If you missed our previous segment with James Wallner, James understands the workings of the House and the Senate like few people on this planet. And uh, he is right. Things move very slow until they move fast. Uh, And often it's a deadline. uh, It's something like this where they can suddenly move very swiftly. And so we're going to watch that and see what happens. And the interesting thing has been the dividing lines in, in terms of these spending packages. And again, there's a lot to process there because you have two different bills that are under the banner of infrastructure, one bipartisan, traditional infrastructure, one, a very large $3.5 trillion spending package that includes a lot of things that would not be classified as as traditional infrastructure. You also have just this ability to fund the government. Uh, most people don't realize that is the fiscal year for the government ends at the end of September, and so things have to be approved and funded. Now, there's there's a there's a secret to all of this, uh, and it's the Constitution. <laughs> it's very simple. You you have twelve buckets. You go through and you appropriate the money. You pass each of those bills independently. The president signs them, and things move forward. Uh, we haven't done it that way under Republicans or Democrats for a very, very, very long time. And what we do instead is this thing called a continuing resolution, which basically says we're going to put all of the current spending on autopilot. We're just going to keep spending, even though we can't really afford it or we can't justify it. We're just going to keep doing what we've been doing because that's working so well for us. And so it's a continuing resolution. Now, they often tuck even more spending into those because everyone knows they have to pass. Otherwise, we have a government shutdown. Nobody wants that. And uh, most of it uh, is theater and grandstanding and fiscal cliffs and crises and calamities and all those other things. Uh, So the question then becomes, you know, why is it that we continue to function this way? And part of it is because we allow it as voters. We, We have to be tuned into the process and say, you know what, that's just not how that's supposed to work. Uh, Then, of course, we have this debt ceiling issue, uh, which we'll come back to later on, uh, because that's what Congress keeps saying is we'll come back to that later on. We'll just suspend it uh, and act like we have money to burn. Uh, So let's go through and break this down just a little bit, because the dividing lines are a little different than normal. 
We often talk about left and right battles in Washington, D.C. This week, the battle is almost exclusively left and left. So center-left Democrats and far-left progressive Democrats are simply not on the same page when it comes to either of these spending packages or what to do next. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, refuted the claim over the weekend uh, that Democrats are divided on these spending packages. So when you say Democrats divided, no, they're overwhelmingly. I've never seen actually over 95 percent of the caucus just about for anything. Uh, There are some who disagree, and I respect that about the size of the package. And and so some in the Senate, a couple in the Senate Senate as well. And we have to find our common ground, respectful of each other's views. But this isn't about moderates versus progressives. Overwhelmingly, the entirety of our caucus, except for a few whose judgment I respect, uh, uh, support the vision of Joe Biden, and we will make progress on it this week. Very interesting. She caught herself at the end saying we will pass it. She said we will make progress uh, on it this week. Now, I hope they do make progress. I hope they get some things done so we can move forward. Uh, that's really what it's all about. But to uh, to make the statement that they are not divided uh, is is just not reality. Uh, just today, uh, an op-ed uh, by three members of the House from the more liberal wing of the Democratic caucus. You had uh, Representative Jaipal from uh, Washington, uh, Representative Porter from California, Representative Omar from Minnesota. They combined on an op-ed and put their red line – their line in the sand, uh, they declared it pretty specifically. Uh, in fact, here's what uh, Representative Jaipov uh, talked about on uh, State of the Union with Jake Tapper over the weekend. Our point is just we're ready to vote for both. We are excited to vote for both, and we will vote for both, but we need to actually get the reconciliation bill done. That was what we said three and a half months ago. So, so talking about the reconciliation bill, that's the larger of those bills. And again, this group is saying that has to be done first. The bipartisan bill can be done second. Many in the liberal wing of the Democratic Party are saying we won't vote for the bipartisan bill unless the reconciliation, the large bill, passes first. Uh, so that's that's the challenge. Uh, this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos, uh, Speaker Pelosi says that they will pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill this week. Let me just say we're going to pass the bill this week. But, you know, I'm never bringing a bill to the floor that doesn't have the votes. You cannot choose the date. You have to go when you have the votes in a reasonable time. And we will. Okay, so, again, the speaker projecting a lot of confidence there. We will get this done. We have the votes. But, again, from her own party, Representative Jayapas said the votes are not there, Madam Speaker. I mean, the speaker is an incredibly good vote counter, and she knows exactly where her caucus stands. And we've been really clear on that. The too. votes aren't there. She's not going to The votes aren't there. So a little bit of confusion and uh, not a whole lot of clarity when it comes to inside the Democratic caucus, uh, whether the votes are there, or the votes are not there. Uh, when asked if Democrats could go it alone to pass infrastructure, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, said uh, it wants to to be bipartisan. But I think they're hinting and hedging that uh, they may go it alone if necessary. Well, we, we want this to be bipartisan. If we didn't want it to be bipartisan, we would have put it in the reconciliation bill. That would have been a decision we had to make when we wrote the uh, Budget Act. But nonetheless, the decision was made that it would 
always be bipartisan, whether on our part, as we have cooperated in the past with Republican presidents, or on their part. All right. Uh, again, it gets real confusing there uh, because a lot of this, remember the negotiation about the bipartisan bill uh, was often just a uh, sleeves off the vest sort of negotiating uh, where a lot of the things that were negotiated out of the bipartisan bill were simply put in to the reconciliation bill, which uh, likely will have to pass strictly on a partisan line, strict party line vote. Uh, of course, many people, uh, including the moderates in the House and the Senate, are saying, man, this is a lot of money. Uh, do we really want to go down this path? Or as uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, a Democrat, uh, said, now maybe we should tap the brakes on some of this spending. On Friday, the president uh, reiterated that the price of the spending package is zero. We talk about price tags. The, it is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying going to pay for everything we spend. So they say it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at $6 trillion, now it's $3.5 trillion, now it's is it going to be $2.9. It's going to be zero. Okay. I am self-professed really bad at math, uh, but I don't know any math where almost $5 trillion adds up to zero or is free. Uh, that just is, is not going to happen there. And, and interesting, uh, House Speaker uh, then kind of shifted the conversation a little bit, uh, saying, well, no, we shouldn't be talking about the price tag. We should be talking about what we're going to accomplish. Let's not talk about numbers Let's and dollars. Let's talk about values. So we have to talk about numbers. This is a budget process. Uh, and so you can't you can't sugarcoat this. You can't gloss over this. Uh, and expect the unicorns to come in and save the day. There, there's always that belief in Washington. I've seen it, uh, where people just believe the unicorns are coming and they're bringing all the money and it's all going to be just fine and everyone's going to sing Kumbaya and we're going to march down the street together and it just, it never happens. And so you do have to talk about the numbers because the numbers are reality. It's something that everyday Americans do every single day. You you make choices, you prioritize, you hold each other accountable for commitments made. And we have to get back to that as part of our process um, in uh, in Congress uh, is that we've got to get to where we can have an honest conversation about what things cost, what they produce, what the outcomes are. Do it in front of the American people so everybody can be held accountable. No unicorns required. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, much more on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.